This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, I'm Jim Shadler. It's so great to be with you on Courageous Church Live. Uh, Pastor Jason and Candace are my kids. Candace is my daughter and Jason's my son-in-law. And it's been a privilege to share with many of you in Salt Lake City at Courageous Church and to have this uh, further opportunity to share with you online today via Facebook or YouTube and many new friends, I hope, uh, and, and maybe some seekers, some uh, inquirers as we're studying God's word together. Uh, Jason is in the midst of a study uh, through the book of Ephesians. Uh, this is a ex expository teaching uh, from God's word. Paul told Timothy that we should study to show ourselves approved to God. Workmen that don't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, that we should preach the word, proclaim the truths of God's word, the gospel. And so that's what uh, we're in the midst of. Uh, today is the fourth uh, week in the series. I'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 3 with you today, picking up where Pastor Jason left off. So again, we're glad that you're here and I hope you have uh, your Bible, but we'll we'll share the verses with you so that you have them. When we talk about expository teaching, what we're talking about is really what the Bible means by what it says. Uh, we're really interested in what the Bible has to say for itself. Uh, exegesis is using the words of Scripture in their uh, original context to determine the intent and the meaning uh, of the author and, and of Scripture itself. Eisegesis, on the other hand, is when we read into the text our preconceived ideas or beliefs, and we use Bible verses to prove our point. We're committed to exegete the Word of God, to 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 study the word in its original context and let it uh, speak into our lives. And then we believe there's application uh, for every generation. We're looking for the plain meaning of God's word in its original context. Remember, uh, a text taken out of context is a pretext. And a pretext is where our preconceived notions are proven by Bible verses. But those Bible verses really might not be saying what we assume they're proving at all. And so we really want to study carefully and let God's word speak to us today. So let's open with a word of prayer. God, we believe you send your spirit to guide us into all truth. And we ask that as we study your word today, you will make its plain meaning jump off the pages into our hearts and make us better men and women and followers of you as a result. And if there are any seekers today inquiring about the claims of Christ, I pray you would reveal yourself to them in Jesus' name, amen. So today we're looking at Ephesians chapter three, building upon the teaching that Pastor Jason has already done through the first two chapters. Really wanna focus on three things, the mystery of Christ revealed, the purpose of the mystery of Christ, and third, the implications of the mystery of Christ. I want you to remember that Paul the apostle established the church in Ephesus by preaching to Jew and to Gentile. You can pick up the narrative in Acts 19. I encourage you to do that. You remember he starts off 
by meeting some believers or followers of John the Baptist, and he asked them if they received the Holy Spirit when they believed. They said, what Holy Spirit? And he said, well, what baptism were you baptized to? And they said, John's. And so he went uh, and started with John and preached Jesus to them. And then they were baptized in the name of Jesus. He laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is called power evangelism. This is uh, God's word preached with signs following. And we see this over and over in the book of Acts here in, in uh, Ephesus. It's quite evident the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. Uh, there are miracles done by the Apostle Paul. Uh, others try to copy the miracles. So there are obviously real miracles. Uh, seven sons of Siva try to use the 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 wording the phraseology that Paul uses in the name of Jesus but but when they ask for a demon to come out of a man they say uh, come out in the name of uh, Jesus who Paul preaches and the demon answers and says well I know Jesus and I'm familiar with Paul but who are you and he beat them up and they ran out of the house uh, naked. <laughs> it's uh, quite an interesting story. So revival breaks out in Ephesus and uh, it's very exciting to read. There's a riot and a lot of things take place. In chapter 20 he meets again with the elders there and counsels them. So some great things for you. That's some good background material for you to add in your study this week. Also in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 we have letters sent to seven churches in Asia Minor and the first church to receive a letter from the Holy Spirit is Ephesus. They're commended for the standing up uh, in the midst of persecution, but but they're also challenged that uh, they've left their first love. Revelation 2 verse 4 says, you've left your first love, so repent and do the first works. But uh, this is an amazing community of believers where, where Paul has established a church, not just among Gentiles, but he goes into the synagogue and for three months he teaches them and preaches Christ and uh, quite a controversy erupts and, and actually spends two years do, uh, doing ministry there in the community. So let's pick it up in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. And let me just note that the chapter and verse divisions that we have in our Bibles first were added to the biblical text in the 16th century. They are not original in the uh, manuscripts. They, they were added for convenience so that we could easily find our way through the Old and, and the New Testaments. So Paul is continuing his letter. So think of uh, this, this book of Ephesians as a letter written and uh, some of the themes that we're looking at today. Pastor Jason has already covered uh, last week because they were introduced in the earlier chapter because the flow continues. Paul says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This is interesting. What Paul is saying is that the Old Testament prophets did not preach, proclaim, uh, uncover the mystery of Christ. There were prophecies about a coming Messiah, an anointed one, uh, it's obvious that the nations of the earth would be blessed through one who would come. But the insights regarding the mystery of Christ, specifically who he was, the eternal word of God, 
uh, creator of the heaven and the earth. He'll be ultimately judge in the future. And Messiah who died for our sins didn't come to set us free from some uh, political uh, regime, but he came to set us free from the powers of darkness and to bring us into the kingdom uh, of God. Jesus Christ is a mystery uncovered by Paul and other apostles and prophets of the New Testament. This is fantastic. In Galatians 1.1, he says that he's an apostle neither from men or by man. He didn't come from a group of men. He wasn't taught by a man, but he was of and through Jesus Christ and the Father. In verse 11, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me was not man's gospel. I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. You and I, we received from a man or a woman. Someone taught us. Paul wasn't taught in the same way. He was taught by Jesus Christ. And you can read clearly of uh, the events, and not only in the book of Acts, but also in his letters as he recounts what took place after he met the Lord Jesus on the Damascus Road. Now in Ephesians 3, verse 6 and 7, it says, The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. He says, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. And we know that it was a gift for Paul, and it was a gift to the church, much like leaders today. They're a gift to the body of Christ, to the church. And I I hope you are encouraging your pastors, Jason and Candace, who God has given to you in Salt Lake City. Uh, they, they care for you, for you and uh, I'm excited to see how you grow together as God builds his work there in your local community. Now, what is the mystery specifically? Pastor Jason mentioned it last week, but it is simply this, the Gentiles are to be fellow heirs with God's chosen nation, Israel. God had a people. He had a people that he chose beginning in Abraham, ultimately that a seed may come, that a savior might be born. So he had a people, but that, that people and all of their activities, including the law and the ordinances and the, all the processes that they went through were ultimately to bring us to a place and a time where Christ might come and where he might fulfill the law and all its stipulations and that he might go to the cross and die in our place and raise from the dead and ascend into heaven to be our great high priest. And he fulfills the law. He doesn't come to replace it, but he fulfilled it. And now we are to be fellow heirs with Israel. We are to be one man or one body. The church is now going to be the expression as we relate to Christ. So Jews who in times past may have not believed, maybe rejected the Messiah, but if they believe in Christ now, if they receive Jesus, they become part of the church. A Gentile, a non-Jew, who believes the message of the cross doesn't have to become a Jew. We don't have to become circumcised like a Jew. That, that issue was argued about in Acts chapter 15 at the Jerusalem Council. What does a Gentile who comes to faith need to do? Do they need to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses? And the answer was no, because it's by the hearing of faith and believing in Christ that we are saved. So the two, the, the believing Jew and the believing Gentile become one. We become one body 
the church, the ecclesia, the called out chosen people of God. So it was unknown. It was not made known to people in other or former generations, but it has been revealed, Paul says, to him and to the apostles and to the prophets by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals these truths. The point is you didn't know it, and it was revealed to chosen leaders who proclaimed it to you and to me. That's true for all of us. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 says, We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of uh, this age understood this, for if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor has the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So Gentiles become fellow heirs, members of the same body or family, and partakers of the same promises in Jesus. Again, who are the heirs? The heirs were the Jews. Uh, And now we are fellow heirs with them. Now remember Father Abraham. Genesis chapter 15 verse, verse 6 says, Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. It was by the believing of faith that Abraham was saved. And Abraham becomes the father of the faithful. Paul talks about it in Galatians 3. He says, just as Abraham believed God, verse 6, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. All the nations of the earth, Jew and Gentile, will be blessed through faith in Christ. And so now we are welcomed, and we become part. We're grafted into the family, and we're part of Israel, and Israel is part of us. In Galatians 3.16, Paul says, The promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It doesn't say to offsprings, plural, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. See, the promise was through Abraham to Christ, and Christ offers the promise of eternal life to all. And when we receive that free gift of eternal life, whether we're Jew or whether we're Gentile, we become part of the church, the called out, chosen people of God. So Paul says in Galatians 3.25, faith has come and we're no longer under a guardian. We're no longer under the law. For in Christ, we're all sons of God through faith, not through keeping law. For as many as you were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female in the body of Christ. In the church, there's no distinctions for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And listen to this, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. You are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Oh, this is fantastic as we contemplate this. And so we could go into great depth in studying this uh, covenant that God made with Abraham, but that'll be for another day. Really, let's move on and talk for a minute about the purpose of the mystery. Paul says in verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 3, To me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given 
to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Notice Paul always went into the synagogue when he went into a new community. He preached to the Jews and then he preached to the Gentiles when the Jews rejected the truth. He says, he sent me to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, through the ecclesia, the gathered, called, chosen people of God, the manifold wisdom of God might now be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The declaration to the whole universe is made by the church, by the body of Christ. This was according to the eternal purpose that he had realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access. This is the purpose of this mystery, that now we are one. We are heirs. We are Abraham's seed. And so we, we can come boldly because we have access with confidence through faith in Jesus. So he says, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you. He was in prison at the time he wrote this letter. He says, because it's your glory that I suffer for you. So this is amazing as we contemplate not only that the mystery has been revealed by the Spirit, but the purpose that it might be declared and that people might be saved. And then finally, the implications of the mystery. For this reason, he says, I bow before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. The same Holy Spirit that was poured out in Ephesus is poured out today. The same Holy Spirit that you can receive and be immersed in, in baptism, he also dwells in you so that he will strengthen you with God's power, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is the implication of this mystery. Now we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We've been given a new heart. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and we're becoming new creation, new creatures in Christ. He says you should be rooted and grounded in love. And you have, may have the strength to comprehend with all of the saints, whether they're Jew or Gentile, what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to, the, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. It is so great that we can't even contemplate it. In fact, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 says, I looked and I beheld a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, that's Jesus Christ. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and they cried with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. So really Paul ends with this great prayer and a declaration in verse 20, now to him, who's able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power that's already at work within us, the Holy Spirit living in us. To him be glory in the church. In the church, Jew and Gentile brought together and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So he says that really, as he prays for us, that the foundation is that we're established in God's love. 
And the understanding is that we have now grace to comprehend the width and the depth and, and the height and the experience that we might know his love. That's what God wants for you and he wants for me today. And so I want to take a moment and to pray with you and to pray for you. Maybe you're seeking a relationship with God. Maybe you're inquiring about the claims of Jesus Christ. Or maybe in hearing the message today, something's awakened inside you and you realize that God is tugging at your heart. I welcome you to pray a simple prayer with me today. What must I do to be saved? A simple question. Repent and believe. Repent and be baptized. This is the New Testament pattern. Yes, we need to confess our sins, but we need to repent. We need to have a change of, of mind and a change of heart, which will cause a change of direction. That's repentance. And we need to believe the gospel, the good news about Jesus. And we need to be baptized. We need to follow the Lord. We, we've done our own thing for long enough. So today is the day of salvation. And I encourage you, if God's knocking at the door of your heart, to open that door and welcome him in and say yes to Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Bow your head with me. Maybe today you'd open the door of your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you that you may have eternal life. Just pray a simple prayer like this with me. Pray it in your heart. Heavenly Father, I believe you sent Jesus for me. And I repent of my sins. And I repent of my self-centered behavior. And I believe that Jesus Christ came and died and rose from the dead for me. I believe he ascended into heaven. And I believe that he's welcoming me now. And I say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I receive you into my life. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of unrighteousness and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your power. I want to follow you, Jesus. Well, if you prayed that prayer today, I encourage you to reach out to us at Courageous Church and let us know. You can go online to the website, fill out one of the digital connect cards and note to us there that you decided to follow Jesus so that we can send you some tools. We want to share a Bible with you. Let me just say that those who uh, regularly support Courageous Church with their time or talent or, or treasure are, are greatly appreciated. And uh, those of you that have uh, been able to support financially via the website or, or the app, uh, a big thank you from Pastor Jason and Candace. Thank you for helping us to establish the church here in Salt Lake and support other ministries in the Mountain West as well as to the ends of the earth. And who knows what God will do through all of us in the future. Second Chronicles 16.9 says that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I believe that He does this in so many aspects of our life, but it includes the area of giving, whereby we become a, a channel, a conduit, where God can pour His resources through us to bless people and to forward His kingdom to accomplish His work. So thanks again for your giving. Now, let me introduce to you Pastor Jason and Candace, who are going to bring us a very special, important announcement about uh, upcoming events here in, in the Salt Lake Valley. God bless you today.
Hey everybody, we are here today in City Hall Park in Holiday with a brand new announcement about our upcoming Church in the Park Sunday morning gatherings at 10 a.m. beginning September 13th. We're going to be gathering together as a church family out here under this beautiful pavilion. We have so many amazing things in store. Candace, tell them what we've got going on for the kids. We're just really excited. Utah families, we want to invite you to bring your preschoolers, your elementary age kids, because we're going to have some awesome things for them Sundays at 10 a.m. And invite your friends, invite your neighbors. It's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss out. Yeah, we're going to come together and pray. We're going to do worship, communion. I'm going to preach a message. We'll have fellowship and coffee. It's going to be awesome. We have these beautiful facilities to take advantage of. And of course, we'd love for you to use this as your personal invitation to somebody. So share the video, share the link. Hey, we'll be here on Sunday, September 13th. We hope you will be too. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you want to be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at CourageousChurch.com.